Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Tuesday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. I am merely Bo. He is the great Gibbe, and he is the great Z. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, brother. How are you today? I'm doing real well. I, um, you know, I have to take umbrage with Gibbe's rundown right away because uh, the one, first bullet point I see is NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero reported uh, the deal on Josh Dobbs back to home. He's back here. Sure. sure. Um, I believe we reported that last week here on the program, Gibbe. I mean, did we have the Z? I mean, we didn't necessarily. I would. I don't know about report, I mean, but I will back you, and I will say that I mean, we certainly. The two. I feel like we of said course, it. you were going to back him. Why of wouldn't course, you back him? Of course. You yeah, because back we're, each well, other we're a team. Except when he's a, Watch when yourself. He's a Watch yourself. Judge. Except when he's Family. a corrupt judge. Then, Only once. Let's speak easy. Okay, fine. Minimal corruption. Honestly, as, as Nano would say, first time bitten by snake, second time afraid of lizard. So I'm watching. <laughs> I'm watching. Uh, yeah, we no, we did talk about it. it. Seemed to make sense that Josh Dobbs would be a logical guy. And then the other name that's in the news for the Browns, Marquise Goodwin, is somebody. If you were, what maybe that was two weeks ago, even. Yeah. We mentioned Marquise Goodwin uh, on this program as a potential speed receiver for the Cleveland Browns, and and he will. He's not as much of the horizontal threat that McCole Hardman is, but he is a better deep threat than McCole Hardman is in terms of being a route runner as a wide receiver. So that could ultimately be the direction they go. I don't think he's as complete, but if they're looking for a one-trick pony, he's a very he's very good at his one trick. But, yeah, we've, but if you pay attention to the scores, brother. It's all here for you, You kids. get it. You get it. What the hell it. do you want, man? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, – I, I don't know. I don't think that – so Goodwin's 32 – Yep. Um, he'll be 33 next season. I, I think he would be, I don't know, you could correct and you will if I'm wrong on this. I don't know that he would preclude anything else from happening. In fact, I, I think that he would be insurance, put it this way, the Browns are in a position now where yep. it feels like pick 42 is going to go one of two ways, at least in my mind, in my mind right. right now, which would be defensive line. Mm-hmm. And probably more likely than not, edge at at forty two. If they were don't trade out of it, I think it's probably very likely they trade out of it as well. And then the other way they could go would be wide receiver. And I do think that even if you were to get a Marquise Goodwin, that does not preclude you from drafting, or even a McCole Hardman. That does not preclude you in any way, shape, or form from drafting somebody at forty two that you think can be somebody of consequence. The reality of the situation is, number one. Weapons, as you say, all every day. Weapons, 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 weapons. 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 Give me all of them. Give you all Give the weapons. Give me Goodwin and Hardman. Let's go. Goodwin, Hardman, and somebody at 42. <laughs> Fine. All the weapons. Yeah, all of them. But the reality is we have to be – let's say it is Goodwin. You mentioned he's 32. You know, Amari is at – certainly he's either at the apex or he's on the downside of his apex, right? And he's elite. But you've got to have some succession planning in place. Donovan Peoples-Jones – last year earned one of the biggest performance bonuses in the NFL, over $700,000, and it was well-deserved. That also bumped his salary up this year to nearly $3 million, even though he was a six-round pick because he played so well a year ago. And then he's going to be in the last year of his rookie deal this year. So you have 
extending Donovan Peoples-Jones, decisions on Amari Cooper at $20 million. That doesn't even matter if you sign a Hardman, sign a Marquise Goodwin. You need to have, I think, a young talent that's on a rookie deal ready to play snaps of consequence on this football team any way you look at it. So 42 makes sense. You know, people could say, hey, that's going to be David Bell. It's going to be David Bell. That's fine. And I would love to see David Bell take a massive step forward. I still think David Bell's ceiling in this league is like a possession-y slot receiver. Yeah. Not uh, somebody that it would be game-planned against, per se. Yeah, I agree. That's I mean, as you just outlined it there, that's that's why – you know, we say weapons, weapons all the time. Like, they got to get some bodies in that stable. Because, I mean, Amari will be 29 this June. So, yep. that's that's just the reality of it. There needs to be some young weapons um, in the mix here. And whether that's in trade – I mean, you have, you have two things you're doing. It's a two-pronged attack. Number one, you need a weapon right now that can take the top off the top of the defense or – and or someone who can stretch a defense and stress a defense horizontally. We keep coming back to Hardman. Yep. Goodwin would have that type of ability, obviously, as well. Um, but you also need an up-and-comer in that room. Yes. In, in, a, in a big way. Like somebody who's got an NFL future that can eventually become a 1A, a 1, whatever. Like that needs to be there. You need a dynamic playmaker because, yep. quite frankly, that's what the rest of the teams that you're competing against have or are drafting to have. Look what Kansas City did last year in their draft. They lost Tyreek Hill. Now, they always still had Kelsey, and that's obviously a pretty good thing to have. But if you just go look at what they did in the draft from a weapon standpoint, they attacked it every way you could. Yep. And Offens- that's what you have to do. Offensively and defensively, a premium position. Correct. That's exactly what they did. And, you know, you're able to do that when you have that star quarterback that kind of makes everything the sum of the parts, you know, great the whole greater than the sum of the parts, which is certainly what they've got in Patrick Mahomes and what the Cleveland Browns are definitely hoping that they've got in Deshaun Watson. So as you look at kind of Marquise Goodwin, you look at his stats for, for his career, you know, he is somebody that is a proven vertical threat, but as you pointed out, has been leaked since, since 2013. I mean, he is a speedy guy. You know, two years ago, 16 yards a catch. Last year, over 14 and three touchdowns for Seattle. Played a nice role and actually had some nice games with the Seattle Seahawks a year ago um, with Geno Smith as a part of kind of, you know, his his resurrection. But you look at his yards per catch the last five seasons, 17.2, 17.2, 15.5, 15.7, 14 for his career at 16.2. This is somebody that knows how to make big plays. And we've got, you know, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones has proven he knows how to make big plays, so does Amari. But just, again, slightly different. Smaller, 5'9", and a guy that can fly. But to your point, you know, you look at 42, and so when I think of pick 42 – and I'm going to kind of take this from a step back and even let's think about it like we're Andrew Barry and Paul DePodesta and Kevin Stefanski. There are two, there are three positions, take because we don't need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. There are three positions, and I don't believe, we're, I don't think we're spending 42 on a left tackle, so we can take that out. Yep. There are three possible positions that you could spend this pick on and the reason that I say these are the three possible positions we're going to get into money in a second so wide receiver and then defensive line both positions now the likelihood of finding a stud pass rushing defensive tackle at 42 given that that's what everybody looks like probably seems slim but listen the great players slip through the draft all the time yep this is a very very deep edge class 
do you believe that Alex Wright is the long-term solution? Do you believe that Obo Okoronkwo is, is a long-term solution? And maybe he is, but he's down the road a little bit in his career. If you hit at 42 on one of those three positions, we'll call it a pass rushing defensive tackle, an edge, an edge rusher, a, ten, a double-digit sack guy, or a playmaking wide receiver, you are for three years, four years, getting somebody who is going to command on the open market $20 million plus a year Mm -hmm. on a rookie contract. So the net gain to your organization with your premium pick at 42 is maximized by drafting at those positions and hoping that you hit me. And even if it's a pretty good player at that position, it's still a significant cap savings. That's not really true anywhere else. Tackle would be the other one and quarterback, but we have a quarterback. Yep. So that's, to me, where it makes the most sense that that's where our first pick would ultimately end up going. And if you were to look at their track record so far, their quote-unquote premium picks have gone to tackle, cornerback has been the first pick taken in two of their drafts, and tackle was the other. Yep. So it just feels like that's where that this thing has to go. Uh, you look at this receiver class, there are guys people like Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, uh, Scott from Cincinnati, Downs from North Carolina, who's somebody I think is more intriguing as this process goes on. But that's where I think it, it's going to have to live in one of those spots. And to your point, in terms of acquiring weapons, accumulating weapons, and, and rounding this football team out and building not only for this year, because your yep. window is now, as you pointed out, but next year and trying to figure out how you can stay in that window, I think getting a premium pass catcher is important, which is why there's talk of 42 and something for a Jerry Judy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's – yeah, you're at a – I think you're at a position, as we sit right now, you put on that hat of those guys and you say if, if the draft happens tomorrow, uh, you're in a position if you don't trade out of 42 – if that doesn't happen, then it's you take the best. You're not going to take a corner. You you're, have a ton of guys yes. at that position, but but you're you're taking the best available wide receiver or defensive end in that spot. That's Most likely. that to me feels like the layup that has to happen, um, and then you need to hit on it um, in in a very big way. Um, but you do need to have some succession planning um, at both of those positions and some you know, ancillary help at those positions to come in right away and be effective. You, that, that's, that's necessary, man. Um, so they, that's, that's kind of where you're at. And to your point, I, I don't think that they will be, you know, cornered in or boxed in with either. I think you could pick whichever one fits best. Yep. Whoever's the, whoever you have graded higher of those two positions at 42, you just take them provided you don't trade it. Um, Correct. I would be a big fan of a Jerry Judy trade. I think there's high value in something like that. Now, you're going to have to pay him sooner rather than later, of course. Well, that would um, be – to me, to, to that point, if you go with Jerry Judy, what you're saying is we're going to run out one year of Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then next year, this, that would probably mean this is the last season of Amari Cooper with the Cleveland Browns, but you would have gotten hopefully you know, two great years out of him. But that's, I think that's what that would mean and you would reallocate that money into Jerry Judy and, and so on and so forth. But go on. I think you're exactly right. No, that, but I, I just – that's what I'm for. I, I just – that's the point I was making is if, if you could find a way to do that deal, uh, a player and 42 for Judy. Now, all the rep- reporting has been a one is the jumping off point for Denver, um, but it doesn't appear that there are any takers for that one, which is probably how it got leaked yep. out. 
Yep. So a two and a player for Judy signed me up for. You'd be getting a tremendous value, as I mentioned, at the Pam, and potentially it would mean the end of Amari Cooper. Uh, but you're getting a guy who's what twenty four. Yep. Who who 24. was right? Who was a high high ceiling prospect and has delivered at a high rate without having outstanding quarterback play. Correct. So to me, that feels like a home run. Like give me that guy because what you need is you're going to have you're in the Deshaun Watson business for now and for the next decade. You have to cons- this is going to be the task of Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, Paul De Podesta, everyone who's kind of orchestrating this over the next 10 years of Deshaun Watson's career. You have got to continually put weapons around him so that the exact same thing that Joe Burrow said about Cincinnati uh, last season, he said the championship window is my career. The championship window, when you have a quarterback of this nature, is their career. And it is your your job to consistently put enough weapons around them so that he can go to war against guys like Burrow and Mahomes and Herbert. That's the, that's the job. Yep. So yep. there's no such thing as too much weapons. Like, all of them. Get them all. You, all you, of them. Yeah. That's where you're at. Well, so it's you're right. And I mean, you go look and at it Tim- sucks, right? See real quick. It sucks because if you're in, it's the reality and you got to just own it. But if you're in the NFC, it's not like this. No, no. It's in not. the NFC. We are the right now. We're one of the teams. Third best team in the NFC. Fourth best team in the NFC. Certainly yep. in a, considered a playoff lock. If we yes. are if we're in the south or the north, we're likely the favorites in those divisions. I mean, yeah. that's just that's just how it is. And, the, you know, and, and the Niners are what they are, even without even knowing who the heck is playing quarterback for them. But mm-hmm. no, you're exactly right. I mean, take Cincinnati, for example. Cincinnati's got Jamar Chase was sixth overall. Higgins was the first pick of the second round. Tyler Boyd back in the day was a second round pick. Joe Mixon was a second round pick. Hayden Hurst, who's no longer with them, was a second round pick. And it's likely that they will replace him with a tight end in either the first or the second round mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. year. There's some guy that I keeps getting linked to them that I read that uh, the thing that I read about him was and I don't remember his name off the top of my head because I'm not looking at tight ends for us but was that it would be like just dropping you know Dallas Clark into this offense no thanks no no thanks is it the kid from Notre Dame Michael Mayer I don't know I don't know but they're like he's like a Dallas he's, he's like putting Dallas Clark into the the Bengals nope. offense no nope. no thanks didn't nope. need that but I mean then you go and you look let's take like the Chargers for example you know. We'll see what happens with Ackler, but, you know, Mike Williams, an early pick. Keenan Allen, an early pick, and a perennial pro bowler. You go to the Bills. They traded for Stephon Diggs, who was a former first-round pick. They're trying yeah. – they're interested in acquiring more weapons. They feel like they need to. They've been using early picks at running back every single year to try to get somebody to go there. With the Chiefs, you can say Tyreek Hill was picked where he was, and that is true. But, I mean, the guy had been an all-pro every single year. Kelsey's the greatest tight end, arguably, as a pass catcher, certainly, of all time. And then they still use early picks on – running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Didn't pan out, but they use early picks on Sky Moore. They bring in yep. Juju Smith-Schuster, a former early pick. So they're trying to you do all You keep swinging. Always. It's always about weapon you know, accumulation. And then I'm trying to think, oh, Jacksonville. Big free agent signing Christian Kirk, who was an early pick. Calvin Ridley. Evan Ingram was a former first-round mm-hmm. pick. You know, Travis Etienne's a former first-round pick. Skill, talent, offense, explosion. That's what this league is about, very much so. And even the Jets, you know, Brees Hall early pick, Elijah mm-hmm. Moore second round pick, Garrett Wilson first round pick, Corey Davis who's still technically on their roster, former first round pick. Like this is not 
it is about premium talent, those positions. And there are teams that are fortunate. And, you know, you find it. And every now and then you find an Amon Ross St. Brown in the fourth round like the Lions did. And then you say, oh, we're still going to put a first-round pick with him yep. in, in Jamison Williams, who didn't even really get to play. And we're going to keep loading it up. And we're going to bring in, you know, talented guys like David Montgomery. We're going to give away TJ Hawkinson, still befuddles the rock. Crazy. But we're going to do <laughs> – it was, it was. We're going to we're going to give Jared Goff as the best opportunity that he has to succeed. And they could use one of their early picks on another playmaker this year. Like, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Of course they would. Yeah. It's the price of doing business. It's what it's what it is. It's just what it is. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is uh, – you know, I think Goodwin would be a fascinating thing. I don't think that that would be the end of it. It shouldn't be no. the end of it. It should be something that is continually pursued. I love having Dobbs back. Um, he was awesome. Awesome human. Uh, really was a really good player. Um, you think about stabilizing, and just a friendly voice, uh, all of it. I mean, that the Dobbs, retur uh, Dobbs returning is a home run, and we, we didn't get into that too much, but it's uh, I'm about as big a fan of that as it could be. Me too, and for $2 million – why wouldn't you have somebody who knows the system? He's well-liked and respected mm -hmm. in the locker room. And as we've said many times, look, there wasn't anybody out there per se that had things gone. If Deshaun were to, you know, get Tom Brady and early season injury, like it's going to be very difficult for us. You know, Jacoby Brissett yeah. played out of that price range and, and obviously so he did and, deservedly so and he's going to get a chance I think to start with you know with Washington or at least compete for that job there with Howell um, but there isn't you know we're going to go as Deshaun goes and so to me the whole goal is how do we create an organization that is putting him and this offense in the best place to succeed in the year 2023 and we talked about some of the things that are contrarian to that that are a part yeah. of who we are right now paying two guards and a running back that is not I, it's not who will be in four years three no. years two years maybe maybe not even one year I don't know but that's not who we're going to be long term it's one of those things where you try explaining that to people like all we love all three of those guys and all three of those guys were just so good that they demanded the contracts that they got but if you were building it that's not the way you'd build it no and they would I think you know, that you would just be wouldn't first thing yeah. they would say is three of our top six salary cap hits are going to be guards and a running back no not a chance not yeah. a chance but that's just the way that it, it, it's worked out and you know I think that is why there are people and certainly we would not do that on this program and you want to have your by the way Batonio I think four or five straight Pro Bowls Nick Chubb four straight Pro Bowls Wyatt Teller two straight Pro Bowls like they're players of great consequence and sure that's why you're not yeah. letting them walk out the door. But at some point, you are not going to be able to have every luxury that you want on this football team, especially with your quarterback and what his salary is, that you are going to have to make decisions and then lean on the coaching of a stump Mitchell or just the fact that this <laughs> offense chen tends to produce successful running backs everywhere, period, yeah. full stop, and that Bill Callahan is a guy who it feels like can produce successful guard play out of anybody. Mm -hmm. That's something that you're going to have to wrestle with as this this goes on and you're dealing with the situation that you have now that you have a franchise quarterback. When you have a franchise quarterback, you don't get to have everything. It's just that's the way that it is. That's the way yeah. the salary structures work. When you're on a rookie quarterback contract, you can try to load up everything, but we can't do that. And so there will be hard decisions that have to be made in the next 18 months 
about that and how we're going to structure it to do what you and I think makes a lot of sense, which is weapons, 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 weapons. And honestly, those weapons typically center around the passing game because if you can throw it effectively, you're always going to be able to run it. Miles Sanders last year averaged five yards a carry in Philly, double-digit touchdowns over 1,000 yards, and they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. We'll bring in Rashad Penny because he's going to be cheaper than you, and we'll draft somebody, and we're going to get that same production anyway. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's it's the Pacheco with Kansas City, seventh right. round pick. Like that's the Tony that's, Pollard. That's the way that works. Yeah. Sent Zeke Elliott out of town. I mean, yeah. Every year there are running backs, and when you have a system like ours that is so running back friendly, the last and I'm trying to rack my brain, but when's the last time a team did anything of consequence with a running back on a second contract? A premium you'd, running. You'd back. Probably have to a premium. I mean. I'm trying to Seattle, like, Marshawn Lynch. That's a long Marshawn Lynch, time ago. Potentially, um, I don't know. Maybe Corey Dillon with the Patriots. Okay, I mean there aren't. That's 15, there are people listening to the show who don't even know who Corey Dillon is. Fact. Yeah, yeah. Jerome Bettis with the Steelers. Like that's a different world. Uh, but it's, know, not that, that it's not that anymore. And no, that's the thing. Not. Like dare, you, you got to throw all... it, and you got to score. You got to score in the 30s. You you, you, you said this a couple years ago, and it was so spot on. You've got to throw it when the other team knows you're going to throw it. And and in order to do that, that means whether you're trying to accumulate points in a game or you're chasing a game, um, in order to do that, you yes, you have to have the franchise dude quarterback if you want to win at the highest level. We have that, but you also need the weapons. Um, and it's you're not going to run the ball 35 times. Now everybody here wants to run it, run it, run it, run it. Okay, but there's a ceiling to that, and it doesn't include hoisting the Lombardi, and that's the objective. And if it's like- not, then what are you doing? Of everybody who's of age listening to this show, right, and people then they're you know certainly older. So let's say anybody who, anybody whose main point of reference in the NFL is let's call it the last fifteen years, okay? Yeah. And the game has evolved immensely in the last fifteen years. But we said Marshawn Lynch. So the best running backs that anybody's seen in that period, Adrian Peterson. Pretty sure never played in a Super Bowl. No. Was the uh-uh. league's MVP. Maybe the closest mm-hmm. he ever got was with Favre in a championship yeah, game. Yeah, they got to a championship game when he threw the bad pick in New, in New uh, Orleans. That was down in New Orleans, yeah. Yeah, okay. You've got – I think he was on that team. So, Marshawn. But then of recent memory, like everybody knows how – Henry. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's great. Zeke. Like, Zeke, those nothing. are the guys. Gurley – Gurley with the Rams made it one year, right? He made it one year when he was, but he was still already a shell apex, of him. But the, but he, yeah, yeah, because the year they lost, he was still. The I mean, they if he lost was still was, good then. He might not have been. It was he was like a comet. It was like four years. Yep, and then yep. done. Yep. You know, Dalvin Cook has been consistently great. Mm-hmm. You know, all the names people know from fantasy, right? Like that's it. It's all fantasy guys. But that hasn't – those people haven't played for anything of consequence. No. And quite frankly, you could maybe make an argument that you could do it that way in the NFC. You can't do it that way in the AFC. You can't. You, you are you never going to make win. an argument that you could go run heavy because Philly did that and San Francisco does that. Uh, but those are also two of the most diverse attacks in the league. It's not just out of the run. It's everything horizontal, let alone vertical. So yeah. it's but it's at least in the NFC you could say okay there's a path for that a roadmap for it there isn't 
in the AFC. And when you acquire Deshaun Watson, that's when that roadmap changes. Well, here's the thing. If you're ever in a situation where your, let's say, fan base or your team, fan base wants or your team, in fact, is better off in important moments taking the ball out of your quarterback's hands, you're not winning the Super Bowl. No. So if you want to turn around and hand it to Derrick Henry, or you want to turn around and hand it to Nick Chubb when you need four yards in critical situations, you're not winning the Super Bowl. No. You have to be a team that wants your quarterback making the plays that matter and deciding outcomes. Mm-hmm. And that's how's your internet? Re- how's your internet at your house? I think okay. Why? Because it's terrible here. Is yours terrible, Gibby? You're not on. Gibbe was frozen for a long time. You've been fine yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Now are you on, Gibbe? No. <laughs> I mean, that was a pastrami sandwich of content right there for the people that we just gave them. <laughs> yeah. And that was unbelievable. And the, the I was trying to look up some of the stats to back up some of the comments on our some of the, some of the positions. Are we're you taking. on the new Wi-Fi? I mean, I think so. And it just is so – no, I'm on. It's just slow. Just inching know. along. I had, to, I had to put in seven different, like, password username combinations yesterday to, like, activate stuff because while I was gone, there was a Google update that came through. Oh, there you go. I'm like, can we just get one for everything? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. No. All right. Yeah. Well, at least you. At least it's good. I mean, that you give the people all you want with that open. Yeah, I know. I, mean, that's, I screwed it up when you came to me because I didn't know how to turn on the on off. And you said plugs. it. You said it, brother. A I light know. when they, when they, when you re, when you get how's how are your designs for the studio coming? The ones that you submitted. <laughs> when I hear, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'd like you to submit some designs, and I'd like that's, it to incurred. Like yeah, Yellowstone's helped me cough. out on that. Yeah, there you go. Like we've got bodies that can come in and, and set it up the way we need to. Yeah, it's the empower them and all that stuff. Well, fortunately, that, when you were gone, they cared about my safety and they fixed my cord that had been there for forever, shocking me. And I heard you me. had an issue last week. I was yeah, real flames. sad about that. Blue flames, Gibbe. Blue flames illuminated his face. Yeah, shame Probably came out of that little it. hole. Blue flame, right it's at me. God, and then, godlike figure. It just illuminated his face as if. And he then was, you know what happened. A, a young man power. with some real chutzpah, a young man by the name of Tequila Fila said, I love you, NZ. Not letting this happen to you. You're not going to get burned up on out. my watch. New cord. No more problems. No. I threw the cord out yesterday. I thought about plugging it back. Nana, <laughs> was, convinced, Nana was convinced that you were, you were out to get me. She, she didn't realize it was as simple as a cord. And she's like, well, Gibbe didn't just change the cord. Maybe he wanted to, to off you. Nana, I, I was well underway at doing other things. I was nowhere near this studio. I can assure you. You're not. So that we got that sorted out, so that's a win. Um, all right, lots to get to. We have Z for the next half hour of this program, and then uh, he's off to do more important things. We have uh, around the league that we will get to, some quarterback news there, uh, some winners and losers through the first week of free agency. The general, John McClain, will join us in the 2 o'clock hour of the program, a little better or worse in the second hour as well. We're off and running on Cleveland Browns Daily. Brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And if a car, truck, or motorcycle accident caused you injury, call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELKO, Ohio, for a free case review. Elkin Elks, proud partner of your Cleveland Browns as we go around the league. Stephen Holder with ESPN saying the Colts have not ruled out making a run for Lamar Jackson. Um, I also saw Stephen A. Smith here in the last hour uh, saying that his, his belief is that it is so deteriorated between Lamar and the Ravens that there is no way that he would represent the franchise again. A lot of smoke, man. I, I, I mean, to me, that feels a little bit more like an ember. That feels more, a little bit more like fire. Like, that's a, – a Screaming A likes to go ahead and and make, you know, grandiose statements, but I do think that he's probably not making something that definitive of a statement out of thin air. He would have, I think, it properly yeah. sourced in some way. I don't think that he's – I agree with you. Um, there, There's – I, I don't see a scenario where it's just made up. Um the other one that I think could be interesting, so the Dolphins picked up Tua's option uh, yesterday, and I wouldn't know if Baltimore would have any interest in that or not, but they could st- – that would not – one thing about that, it does not mean that Miami couldn't also be interested in Lamar. Like, they could include Tua in the deal. It'd have to be a sign-and-trade deal. Um, it would not be just Miami claiming him and then trying to do it that way through the tag because Miami can't be involved in that anyway. They don't have a first-round pick. Uh, but it could be a situation where they had a deal worked out where he does an extension with Baltimore, and then it's essentially a sign-and-trade um, to Miami. So that's something that could happen, too, at this point. The crazy thing with him is that we don't really have much of anything ever because it's just him now interviewing teams or teams interviewing him. So yeah. when you see these reports of from holders saying the Colts have not ruled out making a run for Lamar Jackson, how do you even do it? Do you say, hey, Lamar, we're interested, and then do you call Baltimore and say, what would it take? You sign him to an extension, and then let's work out a deal? Because the last thing you want to do is do all this legwork and then have Baltimore just match it. Well, that's the whole thing, right? So the reason that they do this tag is that they say, oh, you think this is your market. Go ahead. We're going to let somebody else set the market, and then we're going to keep you, right? You think that this is what it is? We're going to see. So to, um, there are two flip sides of it. One, one side is why would I as another team go down this road unless I know for sure they're not going to match it, to your point? Or two, the other side is for Lamar, can I get somebody to give me an offer I know they won't match? His leverage ultimately comes down to I refuse to play for the Baltimore Ravens. He needs mm-hmm. to say that and be willing to give up 30 million dollars in one year to do it for – there to be a high likelihood that he is able to go. So this story pops up from Pro Football Talking Mike Florio uh, a couple hours ago. Ravens QB Lamar Jackson free to speak with other teams. He currently isn't, but someone on behalf of uh, someone on his behalf has, per multiple sources, a rep for Jackson has contacted more than one team in an effort to spark negotiations aimed at a possible offer sheet but the representative is not certified by the NFL Players Association. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, Another source said the rep is telling other teams Lamar is ready to move on from the Ravens. Um, As one source explained it, the person has said Jackson does not want a fully guaranteed contract. This is just weird. Uh, And meanwhile, the NFLPA is – Last year, the NFL specifically instructed teams not to negotiate with reps not certified by the NFLPA. 
Clubs are reminded that under Article 48 of the NFL Collective Bargaining Agreement, player contracts may only be negotiated with the player if he is acting on his own behalf or with the player's NFLPA certified agent. Like, he's screwing this up more. It's just a – I mean, it's – I'll give Baltimore credit for this. Uh, Obviously, this much I think you can say based on just where – how we got to this point. They they are – very clearly comfortable moving off of him. They one are way or what's, another. What's the what's the plan? Well, I don't know that, but I think they're. To the, it's very clear they're at the point where sure we'll have him back at a price that we're willing to pay at a market that will be set by the league, or we're also very clear that we're okay moving in another direction. So, because it would, you wouldn't get to this point if you weren't. Correct. It's we're too far down the road now uh, with this thing. And when they did, when they gave him the tag, they gave him um, it opened all of this up. And it, I think the wound is pretty fresh now. There's no doubt. It just changes. What's their outlook? What's their future? Who's their quarterback? Well, that's why tw- you know you mentioned this with Fields a couple of a month, couple months ago before it seemed like the Bears were so lo- were now they're more locked into Fields, but like. Would, would that have been a spot? That's why I mentioned even the Tua thing in Miami. Like, would they do something where, hey, let's do a, a one in Tua. We'll do a contract to sign and trade with um, with Lamar. You give us a one next year in Tua, and you can have Lamar Jackson and put him on that roster with all those weapons. I mean, is that is that the is that what they're thinking? It could. I don't know. It just feels like they are very comfortable moving off of him. It's amazing how that thing went so south because he was as beloved there as anybody and as big of a part of everything they do as anyone ever has been, including Ray Lewis for a certain moment. And then it's just all evaporated. Correct. And he is in many ways to their operation, at least the way that they've operated. And maybe they say, we don't want to operate the way we have, but he was by far the most valuable player maybe in the league to his one team. When you're worth 10 points a game, like that's unheard of. Yeah, it's T.J. Watt with the Steelers defense is eight points a game. I mean, those are two of the most staggering figures I've ever seen. So maybe they're saying we don't want to operate that way to the point that we were making earlier. Take it full circle. We're not going to be able to compete with Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, Mm -hmm. Lawrence, Watson with an offense built around a quarterback who's not a great thrower but is the most dynamic runner and overall package in the league because, number one, we can't get receivers to come here. We have to draft them, and frankly, as their general manager pointed out, we haven't been very good at that, although I think Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman could have been a fine tandem with Mark Andrews, neither here nor there, but that you can't get guys to come play there. They couldn't get anybody to come play there. No. So, well, in fact, guys wanted out. To your point, how can you how can you compete? And Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson were were boys, and he was like, "Look, yeah. I, I can't play here." Yeah, yeah. So that's so that's how it's that's why this was always going to be. We've said this for two years. This is always going to be the trickiest contract negotiation in the sport. For everything that you just laid out, uh, it was made more complicated by the Deshaun Watson bidding war that led to his contract here. Um, all of those things made this such a tough spot for the Ravens. And yes. I don't, God bless, I'm not feeling sorry for them. They've won plenty. Um, but it's a tough spot. And, and where they go from there is going to be fascinating. And how this 
gets done, whether it's another team with an offer sheet. The problem is, is like, how do you how do you know what this because he's not doesn't have representation? If you are a team that's interested, how do you know what the sweet spot is in terms of what Baltimore is willing to match? That's why to me it seems like the easiest path forward would be some sort of sign and trade, where you go to Baltimore and you come up with a package on a trade. That seems easier to me than trying to give up the two ones and come up with a number that Baltimore won't match. And so you don't waste time there. It's almost like, hey, Lamar, would you want to play in Indy? Yeah, I would. Okay, Eric DeCosta, here's the – this is what we are willing to give you. This is the contract we'll do for Watts for uh, Jackson. Here's what we're willing to compensate you for him come, becoming a member of the Indianapolis Colts. That seems easier to me than, well, we think the number's $180 million guaranteed. Sure, sure, So sure, let's sure, try sure. that. Sure. You know? Like, sure. It just seems – what a mess. Speaking of a mess – Cam Newton is going to throw at Auburn's Pro Day. Did you see his tweet? I don't even know where he gets these hieroglyphics that he uses in his tweet. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's all Eastern European block is what it looks like to me, um, the type of the lettering he's using. But he's he's going to throw at Pro Day. He goes, ain't no way 32 better than me. Like, this is a 30-year-old man going back to a college Pro Day to throw. Yeah. Former and MVP of the league. And unfortunately for him, like, if you look at all the, the charting and the metrics – he basically has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league for the last few years. Still can affect games with his with his legs, but I mean his best bet I think to be in the league would be to be a backup to Lamar Jackson. You're going to play some games. They can run pretty much the same offense with you. Yeah, he's not a starting of the quarterback. Injuries, no, he can't throw it anymore. So because of the injuries, he can't throw it even the way that he used to. I I do think there's some a little bit of revisionist history where people forget how effective he was as a thrower. And the arm strength that he had at certain points in during his career, certainly the year that he won the MVP. Um, but when he had the, once the injuries happened, he lost that. He lost yeah. that arm strength, you know, and so he doesn't have that ability anymore. It's a wild thing. It reminded me a little bit of Phil Jackson saying um, that he did not want to coach Kobe at the end because he did not want to coach him when he wasn't great because he didn't know how he would deal with that. Now Kobe ended up being pretty graceful in terms of the lack of winning, because I think they let him shoot 30 times a game during the end of his career, uh, even as he wasn't as effective. Um, but for Newton, it's hard to imagine any place where he's would come in and be a backup anywhere. Correct. And, and he's be not, okay and with it. That's why, he's, he, that's why he said, I'm better. There's not 32 better than me. That's saying I'm a starting quarterback. So that's, yeah. it, there are certain people that just aren't wired to be backups. No, no. He's among them. And he was, he was such a force of personality. Yeah. Um, and such a player, one of the most physically intimidating humans I've ever seen um, on the field. The Texans putting some pieces around the quarterback. They're going to sign at number two, Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary uh, getting into the mix there. Uh, Texas with two uh, pick. What are they pick? Our pick was 13 or 12, yeah. and they have number two overall. So that's where that stands in terms of uh, some of the news around the league. Uh, a lot of the mock drafts are coming out, and um, it does, although Jeremiah has just dropped a second ago, and he still has Bryce Young going number one. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, Mel has CJ going number one. So we'll have the general on in about 15 minutes. He'll give us a better feel on what the thinking is down in Houston. Of course, they'll certainly have to be what they want to have happen. Yeah. Yeah. It, they'll have to be reactionary in that. Well, yeah, uh, but see, I mean, it could be all along that they wanted Bryce Young and that this whole thing that this kerfuffle could end up of not being nearly as consequential as we all thought it might be. What? Well, what I think is interesting about all of this is going into going into the combine you couldn't find anybody 
who did not say that there was a big gap between Bryce Young and, and everybody else. And then it was an argument. Like, was it Levis or was it um, uh, Anthony Richardson? But it wasn't Tim like Trates. it was automatically Stroud Correct. As, as the number two guy. Well, now coming out of it, and I saw McShay with this yesterday, it's now like they're reevaluating their evaluations based on what they heard at the Combine. And the one thing that you have to do with Stroud is just look at the Georgia game, and then you go, well, there's everything you need. It's all there. Um, so, yeah, to your point, though, it could work out exactly the way Houston wanted all along. They get young at two, um, and, and Stroud goes number one to Carolina, and, and every, everything works out the way that you wanted to at that point. Ohio State Pro Day is tomorrow. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. will be running some routes in that one, so that'll be an attention mm. getter for people because mm-hmm. he's going to be quite highly coveted. CBS Sports ranking the AFC teams after one week in free agency. We will get into that coming out next. Coming up next, you'll see Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Renew your home for the last time with their new home exterior siding and roofing products. Don't spend all day with high-pressure sales, guys. The team at Renew Home Exteriors won't waste your day with hours of negotiating the price for your project. Just an upfront fair price to make your project easy. Modernize your home with premium siding, ranging in every style and color. Renew Home Exteriors, superior products, superior service. Visit RenewEstimate.com for more there. CBS Sports ranks the AFC teams after one week of free agency. At number one, your Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champions. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. They they should be there for a while. Yeah. Um, they, I think you make a pretty straightforward argument. They could be better next year than they were last year. Yeah. Because um, all those young kids are going to be a year better and a year more accustomed to the system. Um, they have the Bengals second, Orlando Brown coming in no there. Do you have a problem with that? With that? Nope. Yep. Seems I mean, they've, to that, me those well. two teams have met in the AFC Championship game two years in a row. It seems fair that yeah. they'd be one and two. They have the Jets three, and that's a banking on Aaron Rodgers. That seems a little too it's quick to much. me, even with Rodgers, right? Yep, yep, agreed. They have Buffalo four. Okay. Now, Buffalo's got some things. They lost Tremaine Edmonds. Um, they did pick up a guard, uh, Deontay Hardy, a wide receiver as well. Uh, they did get Jordan Poyer to return, but they were the favorite in the NFL going into last season. They have them fourth. I would have them up still. Um, Guys, question, and maybe I, it's my ignorance. I feel like I know the league fairly well. Who's Deontay Hardy? I don't know, but they say an intriguing wideout in Deontay Hardy. I don't know what that means. No idea. I don't know him either. Not a clue. If, if you didn't know his name, who, who the hell does? That's true. Deontay Hardy has go. been in the league. Guess the stats? With the New Orleans Saints and <laughs> – Two years ago, he had 36 catches for 570 yards and three touchdowns. Last year, he had two catches for 13 yards. There we go. Uh, and awesome. he, made, he made the league as a Pro Bowl uh, punt returner in 2019. But, I mean, there's nothing to suggest that this that guy he would is be intriguing. going to be an intriguing wide receiver of any type of consequence. He's got, in four seasons in the league, 790 yards, four touchdowns, and has averaged more than 10 yards a catch in exactly one season. Oh, boy. Sad. Okay. Miami, he's got fifth, or whoever did this. So this Miami thing, they, we don't know who's sports. playing quarterback for them. Yeah. 
They can't be fifth. I like their roster. Um, yeah, I would have both the Chargers and the Jaguars ahead of but Miami, and I would have and them ahead the Jets. Of, we do know who's playing quarterback in Miami. It's who? Tua. Well, we don't know that because we don't know that he can stay upright. What do you okay, mean? But like, he's according to the Dolphins, he's healthy and back and ready to go. And he was healthy and back on three separate occasions last year and didn't finish he the is season. Saying, but like, that's he's, what he's one hit from no career. I agree. I mean, yes. He was out. He was out. From what the end of November through the season through the playoffs, yes, I agree. But I would also. I just like, can't roll the dice on them that high do with we, that health. Do we know for sure that Aaron Rodgers is still going to the Jets? The longer this drags on, I mean, I feel pretty. I still. Feel I think it's. Good about I think it's Jets or retirement. Okay. Feels I like think it'll it'll get it'll get done. I mean, well, the other thing is, is he does have the one last play in that he could just force them to give him 50 million dollars and not play for them yeah so he has that he has the final the Packers have leverage but he has kind of the ultimate leverage of fine I'll just play for you and I'll take my 50 million and I'll just wreck your roster yeah um he and he I would not put that pack I think he is spite I think latte Larry weeps yeah in the in the wake of Aaron (laughs) Rodgers spite I think he would do I could see him taking the 50s, showing up in September, malcontent. I mean, I, I think it's all in play, all in play. Yeah. Um, he's got Jaguar. They got Jaguars sixth. I move uh, Jags and Chargers Ridley. up. To Me your too. point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore eight. We don't even. You want to talk? About, we don't know who the quarterback is. They don't have one. Yeah. They really haven't made any. They haven't they've, made. They've lost everybody. Either. They don't. Even Here's the other anybody. thing. Here's the other thing that I want to point out. We know and got to know Todd Munkin from his time here. Mm-hmm. You saw what he did at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Do, doesn't it feel like Todd Munkin's there to quarterback and coordinate an offense that does not involve that in, that looks more like the elite offenses in the NFL and not like Lamar Jackson's offense? Yes, which is why I threw out the Tua thing as a sign and trade, as like a bridge sign and trade. Because that's what he – I mean, what Tua ran at Bama is what Todd is going to want to run in the NFL. It's similar For to what sure. I just, McDaniel I don't ran know that, in Miami. I don't know that you can run McDaniel's offense with Lamar Jackson. No, you can't. He'd have to change it. Which he wouldn't. No, I wouldn't think. Um, So, in terms of some interesting ones, they have Vegas way down at 14. Uh, I think Vegas is better than New England. I don't understand any infatuation with New England at all. Nope, terrible. They're they're fourth in that division. I'm a McCourty like running back what he said a few weeks ago on Good Morning Football and being like, yeah, half the room wanted the other guy. How could they not? The guy played great. Yeah. Well, remember he was adamant about. It was like, a Bailey Zappy, wasn't it? What's yeah. that? That was a Bailey Zappy. Bailey Zappy. Yeah. Who we saw firsthand. What's crazy about this is that He's the got top Denver ten teams, nine too. That we used to be ahead of Denver, but the top ten teams all feel legit you never can count the pittsburgh steelers out so that's 11 but then 12 13 14 15 16 feel like they're pretty far down and the team that actually has the chance to get good the fastest is probably the texans yes yeah yeah i mean i would put the texans behind the steelers at number 12 just I mean, because of rabel the rabel factor and getting the most out of those two guys the titans are they a playoff team no yeah, those are road yeah. to nowheres. New England to me feels like a road to nowhere. Titans feel like a road to nowhere. 
Uh, Vegas feels like a road to nowhere. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. They're so just limited. Vegas, um, I feel like, could be quite competent. Well, they could be, but they're also not a contender to me. No. Does that makes sense? Like, yeah. it feels like they're, at best, the third team in the AFC West. Yeah. Which and is they, a playoff team. They didn't team. sign anybody defensively. Well, they got apps. Traded Good Waller safety, for a Robert bucket Spal- of balls. Spalain. Yeah. Like, they still – they they got some room you know to the, grow defensively. You know the key to this whole operation? Because you, you look at us and you say, gosh, we're better than the 10th best team in the AFC. But it really is the Who first line of his second right paragraph. Uh, the play of Deshaun Watson is what will decide Cleveland's season. That's it. Yep. That's it. Fact. That's, Big fact. That's it. So nothing else. Where anybody ranks you in any of these things, until people see that, that's that's where you're at. Yep. Is is right there. So um, I would have the top five, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Chargers, Jaguars, in that in that order yep. probably. Yep. And then Miami Jets behind them is is probably the way I'd go with it. We could be – and we could shoot right up to any level that we we so desire. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy. Uh, enjoy your afternoon. All right. Appreciate Thank you, you, gentlemen. The General coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, second hour here on Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Time to head on on the Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea Hotline. Official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. For the legend, the General John McClain, joining us, of course, from GallerySports.com and Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Uh, boy, John, before we get into some of the specifics here, sir, thank you so much for taking the time. It feels like there's like an exchange program between the Texans and the Browns. You get some of our guys every offseason. We get some of yours. There, there must be a relationship there. Almost every offseason, we can count on it. And that was before the Deshaun Watson trade. Yeah. There just seems to be a pipeline right now. The Texans also have one going on with the Cowboys. And and uh, as they continue year three of their rebuild. But, um, you know, you guys, I, I've always liked Jordan Akins. You know, he was a former baseball player with the Rangers. Couldn't hit the curve. Texans drafted him in third round. And while he never really lived up to being a, um, what he could have been, last season he was better than any time in his career. The Giants cut him. The Texans signed him to the practice squad. And they didn't activate him until the, the middle of October. And Jordan, what he did better than any time in his career was when he got the ball, he outran people. He broke tackles. He he's really an H back or like a big okay. wide receiver because he can move. He he'll make an effort to block, but that's not his strength. And he tied his career high with thirty seven catches and he had a he set a career high with four and ninety five yards and he had five touchdowns. And he'll be remembered like Lovey Smith for beating the Indianapolis <laughs> Colts in the last game of the season and costing the Texans the first overall pick in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> he certainly. What when you think of you? You were around uh, Deshaun for a long time, and you, obviously there's familiarity uh, with with Akins and Deshaun. Um, how important do you think that will be for Watson as he goes through a full off season and a full training camp, knowing that he can play right away? I think if Jordan if Jordan plays the way he played last season um, over the last let's see uh, three months. Uh, Watson's going to see a guy he can rely on more because he knows he's going to get yards after the catch. And when I say like breaking tackles, Jordan's like 245. He's 6'4", 245. He's a real good guy, a real good talk, talker, too. always hate it here when they get rid of the talkers. And uh, <laughs> sometimes I think that's why Nick Casario doesn't bring them back is because they are good talkers. And he'll see Jordan. I don't know what the deal is why he ran as well as he did last season because he's playing with Davis Mills. He's playing with a terrible offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton, who got fired after one season. But when he got the ball, he took off and ran. He had some good runs. He was a fan favorite. Watson played with him for three years. And so, you know, that's kind of overrated because the guy can't play. It's not going to help the quarterback at all. But Jordan turns 31 next month. And he still got it because at 30, he showed it better at any time in his career. Well, another guy that we're hoping, uh, you know, in terms of a former Texan that, that has it is Obo Okunronquo. Um Bursts onto the scene at the end last season. Um, a lot of people were high on him in the process. Uh, I, we know it's a bit of a projection. Are those projections that you hear and the excitement people hear about him to leave him, is it justified, John? Well, he had more sags than clowning, I'll tell you that. And uh, Obo. He's from Houston, a good guy. They signed him to a one-year deal. When he got more playing time over the second half, he produced. He had five sacks, but that's a part-time role, and then he got to start. And I was kind of surprised they didn't bring him back. They have a budget on him. They don't break the budget. I think for if the Browns are looking for a guy to come in in passing situations, he's a good one. He's underrated against the run. Although he's kind of undersized, weighs about 252, 253, but he gives everything he's got on every play. Well, I, you know, that's the, the idea of playing opposite Miles, I think, is, is what they're banking on. And that if he gives everything he's got on every play, that'll be a step in the right direction. Do you think that there's a potential where he could turn into an every down guy, John, or is that too much? I think that's too much. Oakland okay. You know, he's been with the, the Rams. He was part-time player here. He was part-time starter. And I know that's the role the Browns thought would happen with Clowney, with Miles Garrett getting double teamed all the time. Clowney would get more sacks. But Jadavion Clowney, as I told you guys, after the, they signed yeah. him, he was never a great pass rusher. He, he was always better against the run. Early in his career, after he had microfracture surgery, he told me one time, he said, everybody talks about me as a pass rusher, but I've always been better against the run. And that was the case. And now, of course, he's bouncing around like a pinball all over the NFL. In retrospect, he should have taken Bill O'Brien's offer here. It was $75 because they weren't going to pay him and Watt $100 million. Looking back, he probably should have taken it. But uh, Oko, o, gonna if, if he's going to put out on every play, he'll make some plays he's not supposed to make. And if he has to start, say, somebody gets hurt, half the season okay. he can do that. Or maybe, based on what he did at the end of last season, maybe he just had a point in his career where he took that next step and he can go into the off-season program and training camp 
and win a job. Yeah, I you know, one of the guys that, you know, Nathan and I on the program here had talked about that we had an interest in bringing in in terms of a former Texan was Brandon Cooks, and he got dealt to the Cowboys over the weekend. Um, how competitive were those talks? Were other teams in on it, John? And and what would have that what would he have helped? Because one thing we're missing here is we got to have somebody who takes the top off the defense. We don't have that right now. Feel like we need it. Watson thrived with a couple of those guys down in Houston. Um, were the Browns ever in on Cooks at all? And do you think that he would have been somebody that Watson would have loved to have had a little bit of uh, of a reconnection with? Well, he played really well when he played with Deshaun. He's never he since early in his career he hadn't been the kind to take the top off the defense, and he's small. People wonder why he keeps getting traded. Well, there are legitimate reasons for each of those. When he was in New Orleans, they needed a low one when he came to draft because they wanted offensive tackle Ryan Ramchick, and he's been a really good player for the Saints. He goes to New England, plays great, beat the Texans with a touchdown in the last second, but they didn't want to give him big bucks because his contract's up, sent him to the Rams, good one year, and then he had concussions. They were worried well, he could start having concussion issues. And here he was traded because he uh, he was really tight with Jack Easterby. And when they fired Jack Easterby, he wasn't the same guy. And when there wasn't, he wasn't the same player. But uh, he got mad when he didn't get traded to the Cowboys. And uh, he, he quit on his team. And they missed a couple of games. They took his captaincy away. Then they brought him back. He had his best game, like Aikens, in the last game at Indianapolis, in which they won. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wanted to be traded to the Cowboys. Nick Casario did it. He got a five this year and a six next year. I guess there's other teams that would have given that because Brandon can still play. And um, I think he was doing Cooks a favor, sending him where he wanted to go. Oh, okay. I see on that. You know, you, you saw Deshaun firsthand at his best. And one of the things that they're figuring out this offseason is what is the best way – uh, to, to take the talent on our roster and give Watson the best chance for success. When he was at his best, what did it look like down there? And what should Kevin Stefanski and the offensive brain trust here put in to get the most out of him? When Watson was at his best, he was great. That last season here, he was tremendous. He was started off, you know, he didn't start the first game, came in at halftime, started the second one, primetime Cincinnati, he won. And then he blew out his knee, 3-3 as a starter. He had a phenomenal game at Seattle. They lost on a last-second Russell Wilson touchdown, and all the, the defensive players of the Seahawks all said it was the best quarterback had ever played against them. And Richard Sherman said, that's not rookies, that's all quarterbacks. And so then he blew out his knee in practice. He comes back in 18. He showed his toughness. He had a punctured lung, a collapsed lung, broken ribs. He never missed a game. And so people were really endeared to him. They were 11 and 5. He was terrible in a playoff game. At 19 and 20, he really took off. And he liked Bill O'Brien. He defended O'Brien when people wanted him, wanted him fired. Now, he had the luxury of playing indoors here and in good weather in the division, playing in bad weather up there and all games outdoor in the division, I'd be really surprised if he comes close to having the stats that he did here because the conditions were better and the competition was easier than he's going to face. But he is a great quarterback. He's going to be tough. We saw him get kicked in the eye. Uh, Arden Key with the Raiders at the time 
rushed him, and he was going down, and his foot went into Watson's face mask and kicked him in the eye. And Watson looked like he was putting his eye in place while he was rolling out and actually was moving his face mask. He threw a touchdown pass. <laughs> and he showed up afterward. His whole side of his face was swelled up. And then and the, the, the best play to me that Watson ever made was wild card game against Buffalo here in 2019. He was being blitzed, and two players hit him simultaneously from each side, and somehow he spun out of it, and they both hit him hard, threw a long pass, and they end up winning on a field goal in overtime. He's tough, and I don't, I'm guessing all the legal issues he has, he can compartmentalize them. He hadn't played except for Browns last year after the suspension since he's had all those off-the-field issues. But when it comes to football, he's respected by his teammates and coaches. He works his tail off, and he's one tough SOB, and he can make plays off schedule, anything you want. But it's going to be tougher for him. People can't expect him to duplicate or surpass the stats here because where he plays – is a whole different animal. Yeah, certainly is. Talking to the legendary, the General John McClain from GalleriesSports.com and Sports Radio 610, uh, joining on the Twisted Tea Hotline. It all of this momentum as we go back to the team that you spend your your time covering, the Houston Texans. All this momentum for C.J. Stroud at the top of the draft with Carolina. Is it possible that Houston might get? Is it wrong to think that what they wanted all along was Bryce Young, and they might just get him? Well, first of all, fans and media have wanted Bryce Young here since he beat the University of Texas in Austin early in the season. And CJ, they, 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 they don't have a clue if he's better than <laughs> C.J. Stroud, the fans and the media here. It depends on what Nick Casario, D'Amico Ryans, their new coordinator, Bobby Slowick, what they want. I base it on, you know, having them throw at the combine is a waste of time. Having a pro day, that's like a Broadway play. You've been mm-hmm. rehearsing for weeks. If you're not great at your pro day, something's wrong. But they go back because the tape doesn't lie, and both of those guys were great. And Young did not have the weapons this season that C.J. Stroud did. Personally, no. I'd be happy with either one of them. But I yesterday, Scott Fitterer and Frank Reich started talking about Basically, size doesn't matter. In other words, Nick Casario, we may take Bryce Young. You need to give us your number one pick next year so we can swap places. I do not see Frank Wright going away from his philosophy of quarterbacks because it's documented. He can't deny it. And yeah. Going back to when he had Phillip Rivers in San Diego all the way up to six foot five Matt Ryan last year, all his every starting quarterback who started regularly was at least six three. Did they give up that kind of compensation for a five ten and one eighth quarterback? If they did, then they must think Bryce Young's going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> well said, sir. Um, if, if you might, if you don't mind, I, I wanted to ask you about the Houston Cougars, and I'm curious in town. Sure, um, they're the number one, you know, number one seed in the region. Obviously, potentially a matchup with Texas in the regional final, which I think would be incredible if that happened. Um, what? How? What does the city of Houston, a monster city like that, what is their, for lack of a better term, give a damn level for Houston Cougars basketball, and how much of that is at the center of this run that they're in right now? People are eating it up for two reasons. Number one, everybody loves Kelvin Sampson, their head coach. Number two, the Rockets are the worst team again, three years in a row. And so we have a basketball team here in the Cougars that has a chance to win it all. 
my employer at gallerysforce.com, Mattress Mac, our furniture salesman in the nation's most <laughs> renowned better, bet on them to win the championship before the season. He did that with Kansas last year and won $15 million. Then he mm-hmm. won his $75 million with the Astros. So he bet on the Cougars before the season. Everywhere you go, whether it's online, TV, radio, he's got ads telling people, you come out and buy $5,000 worth of furniture of the Houston Cougars, win the championship right here in NRG Stadium, you get that furniture free, 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 and the people just keep <laughs> coming out buying furniture. Like, he bet $10 million on the Astros, sold $30 million worth of furniture. So if they hadn't won it, he still would have made $20 million. He's a great promoter, so since he is everywhere, you can't turn on anything without him talking about the Cougars and buying that five grand and having a chance oh to get it gosh. free, free, free. And so people here are pumped right now. The Astros are down about Jose Altuve's broken thumb and uh, might not be here before the middle of June. And then the Texans actually have had nothing but positive pubs since they hired D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, yeah. that's it's. I would think a Texas-Houston regional final with the right to go to Houston – uh, would have quite a bit of juice to it down in your parts. I, I hope that it plays well, with out long, With the Longhorns, it would have been better if they had a chance to meet in the final. The whole 74,000 in the stadium would have been red and burnt orange. I hate burnt orange. I don't <laughs> mind the red, but as a Baylor guy, Baylor guy, I do not want to see burnt orange in the final four. We see enough of that stuff everywhere you go in our state. Sir, it's a great pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Really enjoy it as always. Bo and Jason, my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. That is the great John McClain. He is the general from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. He joined the show via the Twisted Tea hotline brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Um, that's awesome. That's, you know, to think of the perspective of that, and I'm sure he is because uh, you think about University of Texas and the way that they are in that state and how you – I mean, because you think about it, not only do you have Houston, you got SMU – um in dallas you have texas tech you got baylor you got tcu you got texas a&m you get i mean that's the old southwestern conference only one you're missing was arkansas I mean, that's the old southwestern they could run their own conference they did i mean for a while for a while they did and then eventually every single one of them got on probation in the late 80s (laughs) they were all cheating with oil money um but good stuff there on the guys that we signed and you know, we'll see what happens at the top of the draft. Um, I tend to think that he's right, and it feels like most people are coming along that way. That it'll be uh, C.J. Stroud at number one and Bryce Young at number two, and maybe that's the way that it all works out from the Houston perspective on that one. Um, all right, we will. We still got a little higher, lower, a little better or worse coming your way. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. A couple of minor signings here in the last hour or so becoming official. Matthew Adams comes in uh, to Berea. He is signed via Chicago. He is a linebacker and special teams uh, player on that side of thing. And my internet is so slow, Gibby. Perhaps you could tell me the other one. I got you. I got you. Uh, Matthew Adams, uh, his sixth NFL season out of Houston, 
was originally a seventh-round pick by the Colts in 2018, has appeared in 68 career games with 12 starts. Uh, adding, he had 24 stops on special. He's a special teams guy. Yeah, and then Mike Ford is the uh, corner who comes in from Atlanta. Yep, and we and knew about is, this yesterday. Yeah, he's special teams as well. Uh, undrafted free agent in 2018. Uh, Ford played in 61 games, nine starts with the Lions, 18 through 20, Broncos and Falcons. Recorded 47 career tackles on defense, 23 special teams tackles. He appeared in all 17 games of the Falcons last year. And again, that I would assume most of those are special teams. Yeah, I mean, you got to have those guys. I, you know, I, I think what everyone is waiting on is that other thing. I know that they're working on it. We know the Goodwin was here um, in the building yesterday. Um, I did see Mary Kay's report that the Browns preferred Odell Beckham Jr. to DeAndre Hopkins. I, I, I sure. I, I just don't see how either one of those guys right now is an option. <laughs> well, there, I, I think. I mean, Hopkins, I think, would be more of a like known. I mean, Odell is coming off of two catastrophic injuries in the last three years. Yep. So, I mean, that's you know, who knows what the, he looks great running routes, but who knows what that looks like what the explosion is on that. Um, I, I'm for both. I mean, I think, again, it goes back to the conversation Z and I were having, all the weapons, give me all of them. I, you know, that's that's really what's required. Um, Odell sold his house, so he would have to find new new place to stay. But, um, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm for all of it. Give me all the weapons in the world. Be the, I hate to say it, but I said it last week, be the Bengals. Yeah. Surround your quarterback with all the weapons and options that you can get. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where when you think about what – I mean, some of it's just damn – it's dumb luck sometimes. You know, it's the way that the the lottery balls – I know there aren't lottery balls in the NFL draft, but it's kind of the way that the balls fall out of the, of the thing there. And the year that Cincinnati drafted one, Burrow was the guy – um, it was very well known that he was the guy, and if it was anybody else, it was going to be Herbert, and he's a dude too. And then in the next draft, Jamar Chase is available, so you're yeah. able to – and you pick high enough. Now, it was funny, as you recall, so many people at that time were like, Panay Sewell, you got to protect Burrow, Panay Sewell. Burrow got hurt as a rookie, you got to protect him. And I'll never forget talking to Laurenitis about this, and he said – he goes, look, dude, we never game plan for a left tackle. He's right. If I got to deal with a, a receiver like that, then that changes the way that we attack things defensively. Um, so there's such a so much talk about, you know, the O line and all of that, and you know, especially around here in town, we got to get more protection up. No, what you need is weapons. You need things that make defenses change the way that they play. If you, you have the weapons yeah. and you have the talent offensively, linemen want to come play for you. Look at Orlando Brown. Yeah, and that's <laughs> just after Lael Collins last year went there. Yeah, to play. So you can patch meal that together yep. as long as you've got the quarterback and the weapons. We've got the quarterback. We've got some weapons. We just need some more to be able to consistently have those conversations. So, yep. all and, right. and, it, and, like, I get it. People are like, what do these moves mean? Like, you're building the back end of the roster. You're building with solid special teams guys, a special teams unit that needed some help. You've got a new special teams coordinator who might have some things that he wants out of certain positions yep. that maybe Coach Preef didn't didn't want. Um, so you're, you're working that out. Um, and the other thing is, and you were when you were off last week, Z and I talked about this a little bit, and I think that we did a pretty good job here on the show of setting the groundwork 
laying the groundwork for what this free agency was going to be. Manage the expectations. There were a lot of people out there throwing around Jesse Bates and, and all of this stuff. And it was like, no. no, that was never in play. You're already compensating your best players. You can't pay Jesse Bates $16 million a year to play safety. That was never going to be the case. So I, I think we did a pretty good job of, of understanding the cap, understanding the constraints of it. Um, and you can renegotiate Watson, but you still have to pay for all of this. And it's got to yeah. all fit under. And so you can't go... This isn't like when we had Baker on a rookie deal and Denzel on a rookie deal and we hadn't even paid Miles yet and we're spending like crazy. This isn't where we are. We are about being smart, finding guys like Oboe who can you hope can take a big leap opposite Miles um, and building the roster that way. So that's, that's where this thing is. Um, but as we talked about earlier, like job one is Watson back to Watson levels. That's really the, the that's what it comes down thing. to. Also build a dome. My words, not anyone else's, but you heard John McClain, like Sean Watson going to be here 10 years, put a roof on the thing. Yep. I mean, that's, it would be helpful. That's the operation we got to get done there. Um, all right. We'll do a little better, or worse, higher, lower. Poisal in studio with us coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, time for a little higher, lower. AP in studio. How you doing, man? Doing fantastic, Bo. Back Flurry in, uh, of signings. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's been a lot of them so far, I feel like, mm -hmm. uh, compared to past years. But, um, yeah, a couple, couple big free agent names uh, today. Or, Say special teams names. That's what I meant to say. Special teams names today. Um, you know, it seems like Bubba has uh, given a few recommendations out to AB, and uh, you know they're bringing in bringing in a couple couple guys who have been studs on that side of the ball for him. So um, yeah, like Matthew Adams. Uh, you know, he spent his first four years in Indy when Bubba was the special teams coordinator there. Yeah. So I would imagine that had something to do with uh, you know the team bringing him in. Um, so yeah, it, it seems, seems like things are trending in the right direction on, on, on you know, in that department. You know, we said that there were a couple of guys sent over the weekend as well. Kanashik brought back and um, you, were, you were looking at some of those signings and, um, you know, people would say, oh, you know, who cares? There's special team guys. Like, look, you got a new special teams coordinator. Yeah. Who might want something else out of certain positions than Preef wanted. And he's brought in because they're just trying to make that side of the ball better. And yeah. so it makes sense that you know it's it's still early in free agency but that that's been more of a priority i think for for the front office this year is let's get guys in who have been you know also established tacklers as gunners and 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 you know all the other special teams positions and um i think that's what they did today so it's it's definitely not not going to be the biggest news of, of our off season but um but it's still good to see that you know they're, they're working hard at improving a department that needed some help last year yeah absolutely hello gibby hi boys how you doing oh you know I keep thinking it's first Friday, but it's only Tuesday. Uh, you know, I had <laughs> um, so I'm flying at five thirty Saturday morning with the family. That's the best we could do. So Ooh. we're flying five thirty uh, Saturday. I was talking to uh, former NFL player Bobby Carpenter this morning, and he told me that on his flight back from spring break, um, he was in the Bahamas, and it started. You know, you start losing it. And you're like, we're not making this connection. This is gonna work. And they're like, look, you're gonna be stuck in the Bahamas for three more days, um, which is fine. I mean, there are worse places to be stuck. Um, or we can get you to Miami and you can get stuck there. Or we might be able to get you to Philly, mm -hmm. and then you can drive or find a flight from Philly, and he lives in Columbus, to fly over. 
Um, and he had the two boys with him. His, his wife and daughter were on another flight, so they were already home. And he's like, get me to Philly and we'll deal with it. And that was the way. But this is – I have a – I just can – I'm going to be in the in a mess. It's a lock. It's well, a lock. It's like not spring direct. break disasters. It's going to be a disaster. We're going through Dallas. Oof. Oh, oh. That's better than Chicago this time of year. You can't Correct. do Chicago this yeah. time of year. Um, so it's better than Denver this time of year. Minneapolis is the only northern airport I trust, but you can't fly here to there anymore. That's out. You always got to go through Detroit. Really? I did not even know that. You got to go to Tro- – well, there's like a couple of flights yeah. a week. But, like, yeah. used to be anytime you went west on Delta, you'd go Minneapolis. Now a lot of times they'll make you go Detroit, Minneapolis, and then. Yeah. I mean, so, that's – awful. I, I was lucky enough from our golf trip last week, me and another guy, uh, the, the official uh, animal warden of the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he and I were on a direct on Spirit, like. But my one of our friends like had a layover in Atlanta. <laughs> one right. had to, spend to go to Vegas. In, yeah, wow. Vegas Yikes. to Atlanta to Cleveland. Jeez. Another one had to spend two hours in Detroit. I'm like, you should have just driven home. Mm. But he's like, it's five o'clock in the morning, and I don't even know what time zone it is currently, yeah. and there's no way I could even drive. Everybody had a, everybody had a layover. Yeah, like well, you, it's really hard to fly out of here now. It's awful to fly out of here. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, it used to be. I've I've heard uh, people who live uh, over by me. A lot of them, will, some of them drive to Pittsburgh, and I've heard people who live on the west side will go to Detroit and try to do it that way. Yep, Detroit is great to fly in and out of. Yeah, and you can fly anywhere. <laughs> I wonder how Cac, uh, Canton Akron is. Akron Canton, I guess. It just depends. Again, a lot of those are the the value air carriers like. I love flying Spirit or Frontier out of Cleveland when I go to Fort Myers. It's two hours. I can make myself comfortable for two hours. Yeah. It's Any amazing. You've never that. had issues either. It, right? It's a direct flight. Yeah, you can't. Like, usually you can't screw that up. Yeah. I feel like if you're going south, you can get a lot of good deals out of the Akron Canton Airport. That's that, I had a buddy that flew in from Charleston from that. That's too, what he, he did. It was, it was painless. Yeah. So it's just you're not flying the major airline carriers, but it's, it's one of the lower ones. But if you have enough trust in that for – just to go south on it, like Gibbs was saying, a quick flight. That's yeah, it's a pretty good deal. Quick flight's fine. I had a little angst with the whole. Well, it's like anything though. Like you miss if you miss a flight, and so with me, I'm flying with five. If I miss a flight, if you miss a flight, and it's you and the misses, that's two seats. Yep, you can usually find two seats. Yeah, you miss a flight with five, you're done, man. You're mm-hmm. breaking it. You're breaking because up everything's the oversold. There's no, there is no path forward there. Let's go rent a car. And by the way, I've done the math. 17 hours from Dallas if I have to drive. No thanks. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. A little higher or lower compliments of Dan Hansis, NFL.com, post-free agency, power rankings. Not really post-free agency, but a week into it. Let's, All right. Let's go with that. He called it post-free agency, but I said, well, we're still well underway into this. Uh, first and foremost... The Cleveland Browns come in at number 21. The Panthers, Packers, and Rams in front of the Browns, behind the Browns, the Saints, Raiders, Tampa. Poizel, higher, lower, or just right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going higher here and better. And it's because all the teams that you've mentioned that are in front of the Browns right now, um, I would move the Browns up in front of them. Um, yeah, I mean, they got the Patriots 17. Yeah, I mean, that feels a little Panthers high, too. 18, come on. Um, I'm like, the, you know, the Panthers – 
don't have a quarterback right now. The Packers don't have a quarterback right now. The Rams, they've got a quarterback, but he's old and was also hurt for most of last year. The so, Rams are a mess. Um, so I, I, and I shouldn't say the Packers don't have a quarterback. They do have Jordan Love, but we still don't know a whole lot about what he's going to be able to do with them. So, um, yeah, I'm moving the Browns up up to, I guess, would be number 18 on this list. Still, I mean, small potatoes, all things considered, right? Uh but that's 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 where I'd put them based on those three teams in front of us. I just I, I don't know why Panthers, Packers, Rams all deserve a spot in front of them right now. Bishop, yeah, I mean that's a joke. <laughs> it, 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 it's Panthers and Rams especially. Why are, why Patriots, are we hung up on that? I think the Patriots are going to suck. Yes, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, I, I the Panthers are you know they're completely rebuilding. The Rams are completely rebuilding. Um, you know, heck, they could trade Aaron Donald by the time this thing's all said and done. And that honestly, they might be smart to do so. Um. Yeah, we should be at. Here's the deal, though, man. It's hard to have beef because of how it looked for six games. Yep. Right. We had we had this this stretch against Washington that you went okay. That's that was in the brochure, and you had moments every game where you went, "Gosh, that's why." But you really need to see it stack. And so, anytime somebody puts us twenty-one or whatever. You say, well, gosh, we know we're better than that. But at the same time, people got to see it. Yeah. It's yeah. been a couple years, you know. Next. Higher or lower. We are presented by our great friends at the Ohio Lottery. Uh, back to the top of the board. Kansas City is number one. Number two, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, behind them, the Bengals at three, the Bills at four. Bishop, Eagles, higher, lower, or just right? Well, they can't be higher than Kansas City. Um, obviously, they've, they, you know, that's that's appropriate. I think it's probably the sweet spot for them. Um, I think that the Bengals, the Bengals got better with Orlando Brown, and they will get better through draft. They have their picks. Um, they're going to sign Burrow to a long-term extension after the first of uh, of April. They'll get that thing locked in. Um, so the Bengals will be better. Um, but I, I'm fine with Philly being here. I'm surprised Philly was able to retain all the guys they did. I thought it would be a bigger mass exodus there. But we've talked about this before on the show. There is some, there is some appeal with playing in Philly for NFL guys. There's juice yeah. to that place. They love playing there um, for whatever reason. And they've had success, so I guess that's part of it. But even before they won the Super Bowl, before they got to the Super Bowl this year, free agents would come to Philly 15 years ago. They just liked playing there. Boys out. Yeah, that's a good point, Bo. Um, I think you know, just making the Super Bowl, even if you don't win, uh, will get you a lot of slack in these kind of you know off-season power rankings. And yeah, it, it, things looked maybe a little bit bleak for the Eagles there, that just because they had so many guys on that defense who were going to be free agents, and they lost some of them. You know, Javon Hargraves, one of them, T.J. Edwards is another. Um, but they still were able to attain, uh, you know get back a, a lot of good guys like Darius Slay, James Bradbury, uh, you know Fletcher Cox, even though he's Definitely one of the older players in the league nowadays. He's uh, he had a great season last year, so I'm fine with where the Eagles are at. I'm I'm fine with them still being ahead of the Bengals for sure, just because I think the Bengals they also uh, you know are missing a couple guys from their defense still. Um, I I don't see any problem with putting the Eagles at number two here, and that's probably where they'll stay for most of this offseason. Next, higher or lower? All right, the Bengals were three, the Bills four. It takes us to number five. Still not sure what the quarterback situation looks like, but we know the rest of the team is pretty darn good. The San Francisco 49ers are number five. Poizel, higher, lower, or just right? By the way, the Cowboys and Jags, 
follow up the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wouldn't put the 49ers behind the Cowboys or the Jags, so I'm fine with this too. Um, it's just, you know, I feel like we've never really known where to slot this team most of the time in that in that top tier because of that QB situation. And so that makes five almost fitting. Like, yeah, they're still most likely going to be a very good team. But we're, again, like, you know, in an offseason where we're not really sure who they're going to have under center in, in week one next year. It, it might be Sam Darnold and the way things look with Brock Purdy, maybe that's this is you know if, if he gets that opportunity, Sam Darnold, then maybe he has a, a career year or a career start. I don't know. Um, but there, until we get more clarity about who their QB is, I, they're not going to be in that like top three in these in these kind of power rankings. I don't think. Who's eight? The internet's so slow, I can't <laughs> get it. Number eight is Chargers. So we're so they have Chargers eight. Number nine, the New York Football Jets, and, and number Baltimore 10, the Dolphins. Baltimore's thirteen, Dolphins ten. Um, I feel like the Dolphins s- or the 49ers are almost in the same boat. You don't know what the quarterback – the rest of the team's loaded. That's right where I was going. Sorry. So, I really like – no, you, you said it more eloquently than I could. I think the, the problem with San Francisco is, look, we have this overwhelming belief in Kyle. We have an overwhelming belief in their weapons and their system and their defense and all of it. But it's not even Brock Purdy. Like, he's coming mm-hmm. – so, he's coming off a major injury. They've got Darnold. Like, they still have Trey Lance that they've got to sort out in some way. I don't know what the, the plan is there. Is there. Are they punting on Trey Lance? Sure feels that way. Uh, is that what's going on? Like, That's is, what I'm are saying. They nobody like, nobody knows what the I have the, no what idea the what they're is. doing. Um, it's just such an overwhelming belief in Kyle. Like, you know, like in my gut, I think like, well, let's do this. If Would you rather own, like if you could own one of these teams, I'd rather own Jacksonville and the Chargers. Not in terms of the value of the franchise, but yeah, in terms yeah. of buying into yeah. the future of the roster – Give me Lawrence, give me Herbert, more than a bunch yeah. of really talented skill players. Feels like they have more sustainable rosters. It's far more. Um, it's you're just it's just a, such a huge bet on Kyle and his brilliance, and not the position that it's really really important. Uh, but I think it's probably fine. All that to be said. Which that's yeah. like what we've been saying about the Niners all. Yeah. all year. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Higher or lower? All right. So we've gone through the top ten, and I, I still think the Jets are overvalued. Uh, but I want to go to number 11 because we're up against it. The Detroit Lions come in at number 11. They've had themselves a nice little off season here so far. Uh-huh. Bishop, higher, lower, or just right? Uh, FYI, the Giants are 12, the Ratbirds are 13, the Seahawks 14, and the Squealers are 15. 10 is Miami. Yes. And the Jets are number 9. I, like, I, think, the, I think Detroit, it's right about where they should be. Um, I think you can make an argument if you want to that they would be as high as ahead of the Jets right now because the Jets the Jets are too high. They do not have Aaron Rodgers. So Correct. right now we they don't have a quarterback. So like, yeah. if you want to say to yourself, fine, the Jets with Rodgers are nine, I think that's appropriate. Right now they don't have him. So the Jets need to come down. Like, Jets need to be down in the teens, middle teens somewhere, 15 to 20. Thank you for saying that. Too. I mean, it's just like, ridiculous. We need to stop pretending that that's official. It's like, not. it's not done. Like, it's get it done. Not done. They're, get it done and then yeah. fine. Put them nine. But they're not nine now. So I'd have... I like Detroit better than them uh, right now, and I like them better than Miami right now because of I don't think you could ignore Tua's health. They're like the third best team in the NFC, Detroit. Yeah. yeah. They up. might be. I was going to say, I, I think you could even maybe move fourth. Detroit up in front of Miami, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think you could make the argument for the Jets, too. Like, 
I, I, people seem to be forgetting a little bit how hot they finished the season. I think the last time I was, I was here and we were talking about the Lions a few weeks back. I was like, yeah, this team finished like eight and two to end the year. Yeah, and they won at Green Bay playing for nothing. Exactly. To stick it to them. Yeah. And I love that. I, I love it too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still really excited about the Lions. They, like you said, Gibbs. They've had a great free agency so far. They've got good draft picks coming too. Um, I like where the Lions are. I, I think I'd, I'd probably put them at number ten uh, at the. Highest, I don't know. I, yeah. they, they, they can be inside the top ten. Yeah. All right. Good job out of you. Good job out of you, Gibby. Yes, so sir. much more to come. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Did you watch any hoops last night, Kibay? I did not. You know, I watched I watched a little bit of the women's tournament. Buckeyes won on a buzzer beater. Nice. And um, Miami beat Indiana. I, I read about that this morning. Yeah. Well, the, the those two twin girls make the most money of any athletes in college athletics on NIL. The Cavender girls, they play for Miami, and they're good. The one second team all ACC. Uh, but they're, they're the wealthiest NIL people out there. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, indeed. All right. We are uh, we are back tomorrow. The next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.